This is the Impact Report. I'm your host, Katie Elman. The Impact Report brings together students and faculty in Bard College's MBA in Sustainability program with leaders in business, sustainability, finance, social entrepreneurship, and more. These conversations go live the first and third Friday of each month. This week, Katie Boyle, Bard Graduate Programs and Sustainability's Director of Marketing and Enrollment, speaks with David Litsky, Interim Editor-in-Chief at Fast Company. Fast Company's World Changing Ideas Awards honor the innovative ways businesses and organizations are tackling the biggest challenges of our time. As Katie mentioned, I've been leading marketing in the BART MBA and sustainability program since its inception in 2011. Over those 10 plus years, we've seen sustainability in business go from a fringe idea that a handful of companies were leading on, you know, like Patagonia and Ben & Jerry's and New Belgium, to a core guiding principle for many companies and organizations. Now, we're the first to acknowledge that there is a massive amount of work to do to advance authentic sustainability. But in going through this year's list of Fast Company's world-changing ideas, it's amazing to see the number of companies and organizations chosen who have sustainability principles at the core of their projects. Many of our listeners already know this, but we always like to remind folks that here at BARD, we define sustainability as shared well-being on a healthy planet. A definition that prioritizes social justice, economic mobility, and strategically using our natural resources with longevity, equity, and circularity in mind. These are themes we see represented throughout Fast Company's list, and we are excited to be speaking today with David Litsky, Interim Editor-in-Chief of Fast Company, to learn more about the awards and the hope they demonstrate during these trying times. Welcome, David. Okay, uh, thank you for, for having me. I know you had a uh my colleague, uh, Elizabeth Segrin on uh, the podcast a couple of years ago. Uh, I will, I will not be as good as her, but I, I will do my best. <laughs> Confident you'll do fantastic. We're looking forward to talking to you today and hearing about all of these amazing winners. Uh, let's start out, um, before we get into the actual winners of the awards, let's start out by talking about the awards themselves. How long has Fast Company been doing this and what was the impetus for starting this award? Sure. So uh, the award change idea, the first iteration of the awards were was 2017. So this is the uh, sixth uh, year that we've done this. But yeah, much as, as you were saying that um, you know the BARD program started in 2011, that's about the time that um, Fast Company did start a dedicated vertical to uh, you know covering social impact and you know again not to be circular in my reasoning, you know, world changing ideas. And and I think over that time. Um, you know, from 2011 until 2016, um, you know, we're doing a lot of, you know, great work and, and identifying a lot of inspiring uh, ideas. And, and I think it, it did ultimately just sort of roll up into um, seeing an opportunity to uh, do more to try to amplify, uh, you know, a lot of the things that, that we were seeing. And I think, you know, I'll admit that, you know, I think in part, um, you know, the, um, you know, particularly fraught um, you know, election season, um, you know, of 2016, uh, also, um, you know, was a contributing factor in thinking about um, the opportunity here to, um, you know, to showcase, you know, a lot of good and, you know, the, you know, positive things that, um, you know, people across, uh, you know, both 
you know, the business world, as well as, you know, not-for-profits and, you know, university projects and, and what have you, uh, you know, we're doing, you know, to your point, again, to sort of, you know, create that sense of shared well-being and a healthy planet. Super interesting to hear about that. And it's, it actually is intriguing to me when you mentioned the election cycle of 2016 and, and here at Bard as um, the leadership changed in the US, I know we were really thinking about what does this mean for sustainability? What does this mean for advancing social and environmental issues? And one of the things we really looked at was what is business going to do in this period where government leadership on sustainability is going to draw back? Um, and it was, you know, it was really interesting to see how companies really carried the mantle of driving forward social and environmental issues um, during, you know, during that kind of period of vacuum of leadership. Um, how have you seen these awards change or grow since the first round in 2017? Sure. Well, I mean, I think first um, it has just uh, expanded, you know, in scope. So in 2017, in the first year, um, you know, we received, uh, you know, a bit over a thousand entries and we had 12 winners and 192 finalists. And this year with the, uh, you know, with the program that we, you know, we rolled out, um, you know, in early May, you know, we had more than 3000 entries. We had 39 categories uh, with winners, 350 finalists and 664 honorable mentions. So a hundred, uh, excuse me, 1,053 uh, total honorees. So I think in part it's, uh, you know, so, I mean, I think there is, you know, both more work that is being done uh, around the world and, you know, and we have, you know, had the opportunity to, uh, you know, be able to learn more about that and, uh, you know, showcase uh, the best of it. And, you know, and I think that there's also just been, you know, uh, to, to your point also, that there's just been a greater, you know, I think need for it and appetite for it of, uh, you know, I mean, we've written a lot about, Patagonia and, and Ben and Jerry's and, and New Belgium and, and those are great, but right, how do we inspire, uh, you know, more companies like that, um, you know, both at that scale uh, or even bigger, as well as you know, companies that you know maybe, you know, at their core, you know, they're not going to, um, you know, necessarily operate at that level of, of sort of social commitment, but that you know they can find meaningful ways, you know, in you know, what they do to, you know, promote these kind of, you know, positive, uh, you know, social, you know, programs, um, you know, in one form or another. And, you know, how do we, again, sort of share that, you know, you know, promote that in a way that, you know, both inspires them to continue to do it, inspires others to emulate them, you know, and I think also, you know, I mean, this is very much, you know, I think a program where, you know, you want people to like, steal these ideas, you know, <laughs> you want them to go, wow, how, how do I, uh, you know, sort of apply, you know, what's happening here, you know, in my business, or, um, yeah, oh, you know, we've been working on a pilot program, how do we turn that into something more, um, you know, so that we're recognized, you know, as having a world changing idea. Really interesting to hear sort of the inspiration there behind behind these awards and that, you know, at the end of the day, you all are hoping to inspire companies that may not necessarily hold sustainability values at their core, but that see the business opportunity there or the opportunity for social impact. And, um, you know, as long as we're kind of moving the needle on these issues in one way or other, we're moving the needle, right? So that's really kind of one of the exciting things that's neat to see in this list is the different companies that you've got in there 
who are having impact, um, who maybe people think of as more traditional companies. Before we get into kind of who those um, win winners are, can you tell us a little bit more about the selection process? What, how are the honorees selected? What are you looking for? What kind of metrics did you use? Sure. So, um, you know, organizations do um, complete an application, which is then, um, uh, you know, sort of read by, you know, multiple judges. And generally, the, uh, the frame is, you know, I think it, there's both thinking about, you know, what's the innovation here? Um, you know, is this something that feels, um, you know, new or has a particularly new, um, you know, angle to it? You know, is there sort of a measure of, of creativity, you know, in, uh, you know, in the approach, um, you know, for whatever the program is? And, you know, and then on the other side, there's, you know, what is, you know, what is the impact of this idea so far? And, and what, appears to be the um, potential for scalability of this idea to have greater impact, you know, in the future. So it's sort of within that mix of those four, um, you know, particular, uh, you know, traits that, you know, ideas, you know, are assessed, you know, I think to a degree, you know, everything has to sort of have a measure of all four, but, you know, certainly the things that, you know, have, um, you know, I mean, I think, you know, to a degree, either, you know, some projects like the audacity of the idea is such that, you know, even if it's, you know, very, very early, um, you know, that that can be enough to sort of, you know, win the day and, and get recognition. And, you know, and certainly, you know, the ones that end up, you know, being recognized as winners tend to be the ones that do have the most, um, you know, proof points uh, of impact and showing that you know they're either getting to scale or that there's a clear path um you know in that direction and and that's you know i think ultimately what you know leads uh you know to sort of us figuring out sort of who the winners are you know the, the whole process you know takes several months um you know sort of starts in the fall and the judging period tends to be uh you know sort of end of the year and in, in beginning of you know the following year and then you know everything um, gets picked, and and then you know my colleagues, um, you know primarily you know are devoted to to covering uh, impact for Fast Company, um, you know report and write out um, you know the winners and um, you know in some measure of detail on um, you know every company that we honor. Absolutely, that makes a lot of sense, and it's I think what you're speaking to is really what resonated with the team here at the Impact Report, and why we were so interested in having this conversation again with you folks is um, is the value you put on impact in this list. There's not that many lists out there in terms of business rankings that really prioritize impact, and that is really what we teach our students in our MBA program to do is is measure impact and make the case that um, that making bus business decisions based on positive impact is a more positive decision for the business as a whole. So really kind of align on values with the work that you're doing there. Can you tell me what acknowledgement means for the winners? Some of these past winners have grown into household names, um, folks like Beyond Meat or Impossible Burger. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, certainly there is, and I may have alluded to this, um, earlier in the conversation, you know, I do think that, um, you know, being recognized in this way is, uh, you know, validating for uh, organizations, you know, I, I think, 
you know, they're typically, you know, we do have a large number of, of not-for-profits that, um, you know, are, are part of our uh, you know, sort of cohort of honorees. And, you know, I think for them, you know, certainly, uh, you know, the validation, uh, you know, what they're doing, you know, I think probably has, um, you know, a, a meaningful, you know, catalyzing effect in terms of, you know, helping them, uh, you know, raise additional, uh, you know, funding, uh, you know, recruiting, you know, staff and partners and, and that kind of thing. And, and so, you know, to be able to um, scale, uh, you know, what they're working on, which, which, you know, again, I think obviously is important, you know, for, for companies, um, you know, for startups, I mean, again, I think the similar, um, you know, measure of, of um, you know, having that, you know, additional bit of, you know, imprimatur, you know, is likely helpful when it comes to fundraising and recruiting. Um, you know, for bigger corporations, you know, I mean, again, I think it is just like letting them know that there's someone who you know thinks this is worth doing, you know, and that they that that this this initiative you know should be supported and other initiatives like it should be supported, and you know, the, you know, because yeah, I mean, I think it's all too easy, you know, especially you know right now we're in a you know, particularly volatile uh, you know time and uh, you know the market and such that you know, it's very easy that this is sort of the first thing to go. Uh, and so the more that there is, you know, a, that opportunity on the other side of those sort of, you know, quarterly pressures and, and you know, folks who are focused solely on, um, uh, you know, shareholder returns to say, you know, no, this is, you know, an opportunity to, uh, you know, be you know, long-term greedy, you know, if you will, um, you know, both in terms of creating, uh, you know, incredible relationship and, and goodwill, you know, with customers, um, you know, that could be meaningful for, you know, a generation or more, but, but also that, yeah, I mean, you know, if you're a car company and we're facing, um, you know, the kind of challenges we're facing, you know, relating to, you know, the climate catastrophe, then, you know, it, you know, things could be going great, but they may not be going great in 10 years. So, uh, you know, the opportunity to, you know, be part of that solution, um, and to hopefully, you know, accelerate those efforts, uh, you know, because that's exactly what we need. You know, I think it helps, you know, hopefully in that push. You know, I would say overall, you know, one thing that, you know, when you all reached out and I, I look back at, um, you know, some of the things from like the, the first World Change Ideas and, you know, it was interesting to see, um, you know, the alternative meats like Beyond Meat and Impossible Burger as uh, finalists and to see, you know, early, um, you know, look at, um, you know, efforts to address, um, you know, sort of how to fix, um, you know, the, the gig economy and, and sort of a acknowledgement of, you know, the, the problems with, you know, that type of work, which I think was, you know, a little on the early side um, in terms of, you know, that, that being a bigger conversation. So, you know, to a degree, I think it's about finding these ideas and being part of that conversation with, you know, the people who are working on them, you know, again, all around the world. And, you know, and hopefully, you know, by writing about, you know, solutions to, you know, homelessness or affordable housing, or, you know, different, you know, worthwhile, um, uh, you know, basic income initiatives that it just means that there'll be others, you know, and, and almost like sort of a scientific, you know, approach that everyone, can sort of build off each other's, you know, work and ideas and, you know, ultimately, you know, sort of get to the right place. And so it's a little less about, 
like you know you know yeah it's nice to see like oh yeah we you know wrote about you know impossible when you know when it was pretty early and and now it's a much bigger deal you know i think it's less about like oh wow i'm a good picker because i'm not you know like we're not venture capitalists but uh so it doesn't really matter um but more that you know we were in the right conversations and with you know a lot of important ideas that i think have gotten a lot more mainstream and you know i think that's what is you know ultimately really important about about the list The Bard MBA program is now accepting proposals for client projects for our NYC Lab Consulting course. In this year-long class, teams of Bard MBA students solve sustainability challenges for real-world clients under the guidance of Professor Laura Gitman, Chief Operating Officer of BSR. Past clients include NASDAQ, Etsy, Medgar Evers College, Unilever, Just Salad, Thinks, Cliff Bar, and more. Proposals are due July 8th and are welcome from companies and organizations of all sizes. Find more information at gps.bard.edu slash academics slash NYC lab. Uh, it really resonated what you said about um, wanting to kind of speak into the teams in those big companies who do this work, because we know that sometimes the folks trying to move the needle on some of these sustainability challenges, the social challenges, environmental challenges, you know, economic um, mobility issues really have an uphill battle and they have to make a hard case for this thing, um, these different initiatives, and they're not always seen. So um, really like the idea of this award speaking to the teams that are actually working on these projects in, in some of these companies. Um, so let's talk about who won the awards. Um, some of, you know, this year's honorees include Le the legacy car truck company Ford, like you mentioned, uh, they've got their all electric Ford, light Ford 150 lightning pickup truck, which I myself am kicking around putting a deposit down on and, um, uh, you know, PepsiCo for their home heating project in Belgium and a research team from UNC Chapel Hill and Stanford that created a 3D printed vaccine patch that painlessly delivers vaccines, which I can tell you my kids would be very excited about. Um, but can you tell us maybe a little bit more about these and maybe some of the other awards that are not so high profile? Sure. Um, yeah, I, I do really, um, I mean, just to pick up um, where you left off, um, I do really like the, um, you know, this experimental patch, uh, the 3D printed vaccine patch, not, and I, and I think, you know, the, the point of, um, you know, having it be uh, painless and, and address, you know, the issue that, that any, you know, squeamishness or, or fear that people have around needles is, is one thing. But I think, you know, one thing that, you know, we didn't necessarily explore in the piece, but I think it's sort of embedded within it is that, you know, the ability to put a 3D printer, you know, almost anywhere, uh, you know, in the world to then be able to, um, uh, you know, make these uh, patches you know, would be a significantly, um, you know, easier proposition, I believe, than, than it is to sort of currently spin up the kind of, um, you know, distribution and manufacturing distribution facilities that, you know, one has to for, um, you know, vaccines today. And so, you know, when you do think about, you know, obviously the current uh, pandemic, <laughs> which does continue, uh, that, and, you know, and part of the reason why is because, you know, the, the, sort of various reasons and inability to, um, you know, sort of vaccinate 
uh, you know, the entire world. I think that, you know, it's this kind of idea that, you know, does contain within it, uh, you know, it, it does sort of address all of these issues that, you know, have hindered, um, you know, sort of widespread, uh, you know, vaccination, particularly in the context of COVID-19. And so that, you know, does make this project, which comes out of um, research at University of North Carolina and, and Stanford, uh, you know, particularly, you know, compelling. And, and again, I would hope that, you know, by having written about it, um, you know, we sort of support that in a way that, you know, leads it ultimately to, um, you know, sort of, a, again, you know, greater, you know, refinement and being able to, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, roll that out. Um, you know, I mean, Ford, to go back to that, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's there's no more popular uh, or iconic, uh, you know, vehicle in the United States than, than the Ford F-150 truck. So the idea that that's now, um, you know, an electric vehicle just, you know, does take the concept of, you know, electric vehicles, um, you know, to a new level of, of sort of mainstream um, awareness and, and hopefully, you know, adoption. And so, yeah, and, and I think it, you know, you know, given that, I mean, Tesla, you know, obviously has, uh, you know, made, you know, a number of, you know, highly, uh, you know, appealing, uh, uh, you know, vehicles, but, you know, in general, uh, you know, they do operate a little more, you know, to, um, you know, particular demographic and, you know, uh, people in urban centers and, and things like that. And, and so, you know, in alternatives from, you know, GM or others, you know, maybe have not, you know, had the same level of, of sort of appeal that, you know, a Ford F-150 has both in its, um, you know, obviously its utility, but, but also, um, you know, I mean, people, people just like the truck, right? So, uh, yeah, so I think that, that having, you know, having Ford, you know, arguably the most iconic, you know, American car company um, and with the most iconic, you know, uh, American vehicle, you know, most popular vehicle for the last, you know, 60, you know, 70 years, um, you know, just, again, it's a massive statement of support for, uh, you know, electric vehicles. So, um, you know, they're just rolling out here in the last couple of weeks, but um, yeah, I mean, I think could not, Think of a more sort of high profile or important, uh, you know, initiative out of a major company. So as to your question about sort of what else appealed to me, I mean, I, you know, I think there are a lot of things, you know, the two things in particular I would, um, you know, point out that I, that I particularly gravitated towards are, are both around sort of the ideas around, you know, again, electrification and decarbonization of, uh, you know, our homes and buildings. So, you know, one is uh, block power. Um, which was the winner in our climate category. And it is, um, you know, a startup focused on, uh, again, mostly on sort of urban buildings and the effort to decarbonize them, whether, you know, through a variety of means, not just, um, uh, you know, solar, but, you know, electric heating and, you know, all the ways in which, again, these are, you know, sort of housing and, and building stock that, you know, often neglected and, you know, the people who, um, you know, who reside in, in those, uh, you know, buildings, you know, are arguably, you know, the most, um, you know, in need of, you know, these solutions. So the block power works to both, 
you know, make this a reality in terms of the financing, um, you know, through a number of, you know, somewhat complicated uh, schemes, which, you know, I'm not gonna, uh, you know, we don't need to sort of go that deep in the weeds. But, and, you know, and then in sort of, you know, helping to, you know, recruit and train, uh, you know, workers to, you know, creating jobs in, um, you know, the effort to, to go do this. And it's, you know, it's done some of this in New York City, it's, it's got a big project in, um, you know, Ithaca, New York lined up, and it's, you know, talking to and in process with dozens of cities uh, around the country. So that is one that, um, you know, definitely, there's a lot of, uh, uh, sort of support and, you know, rooting interest, if you will, uh, from, uh, you know, from Fast Company. And the other one, which I thought was particularly um, interesting, were the, um, the nailable solar roof shingles uh, from, um, uh, you know, GAF Energy, if I'm saying that right, GAF. Um, and, you know, the idea that you can now have, um, uh, you know, sort of a solar roof, you know, the shingles sort of can be applied in the same way that traditional asphalt uh, roof shingles are applied. And, um, you know, so it's a much different, um, you know, it creates more flexibility in terms of, you know, both, um, you know, the application, you know, on the roof and, um, you know, you don't need the sort of traditional, you know, solar panels, the whole, the whole roof, you know, can be, can be the solar panel um, because of the shingles and, and the installation is a lot easier uh, than, you know, I mean, I think if people have heard of this, you know, they've, they've probably seen, you know, the demos again from uh, Tesla on this, but uh, Tesla's uh, roof shingles, while attractive, you know, are harder to um, install. So the idea that this can operate just like, um, you know, a regular one when it comes to insulation, I think is a, is a big deal. And, and so, you know, yeah, you know, our homes, um, you know, is a meaningful, you know, part of, again, sort of where greenhouse gas emissions, uh, you know, come from and the opportunity to, you know, really rethink all of that, um, you know, in a smart way, uh, you know, with these kind of, uh, you know, technologies and, you know, sort of financial solutions, uh, you know, those are ones that I'm particularly excited about. Thank you for digging into those. You um, you mentioned block power, and we were really excited to see that one on the list. We actually have a couple, um, a current student and an alum, and maybe two alumni working for block power. And really, oh. I know that they're really um, committed to working for the company because of their kind of focus on the folks who often are left out of the access to renewable energy and sort of the social justice Um focus of the company so we were we were thrilled to see you all list them and then I definitely was intrigued by those solar those rooftop solar um shingles as well I thought I just might mention a couple others that I thought sure, no please favorite. tell me your favorites yeah. yeah I was just in reading through it because I was thinking you know for our readers or for our listeners um to encourage them to head over to the article and read the full list um this will just kind of whet their appetite maybe but I was really intrigued by seed health uh which sounds like they provide probiotics for coral reefs to regenerate which is amazing to think about um you know I kind of have long just assumed that that might just be something that my kids or grandkids don't get to experience in the same way we have and so love to think that there's the potential out there for that that to work and then um, another one that I was really intrigued with was as you so which provides employees with a tool to advocate for more sustainable investments um, I know that as employees it can be really hard sometimes to advocate for your um, you know your company's benefits provider to shift um, to more responsible investment options for employees. So love to see these two options coming through there. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to um, something that we were uh, dis discussing earlier, I, I did notice um, that on the 2017 um, list of uh, finalists, I'm, I'm just looking forward as we as we chat. Yeah, there was um, um, yeah, an organization called Coral Vita, uh, which was working to restore reefs with um, farmed coral. So, so again, that idea that, um, you know, being able to over time, uh, you know, identify the different ways in which, uh, you know, to right social entrepreneurs and and you know whether you know on their own or inside a company are, uh, you know, looking to, you know, attack these problems, you know, from from different angles and you know, but all working towards the, you know the same you know ultimate solution, uh, you know, is again something that. Um, you know, I, I think it's really cool, you know, about world changing ideas and, and how, you know, over time, uh, you know, you sort of see this, um, you know, again, this, this sort of rolling, uh, you know, experiments and, and efforts to, um, you know, sort of figure out what are the best ways to, um, you know, address some of the, some of these, you know, most pressing problems that we have. Yeah, absolutely. And it kind of leads into what you were saying, too, about companies learning from each other, kind of getting into that open source idea, right, around kind of yeah. like building on innovations that happening that are happening to to really move the needle on some of these things. And, um, you know, we're seeing more awards like these come out. I, the Earthshot Awards came out this year that the Royal Foundation put on, led by Prince William. That got a lot of, you know, attention um, and is bringing kind of this awareness, too, on a global level. So it's neat. It's exciting to see that that various organizations are really trying to highlight the work of these companies and organizations that are, you know, really innovating for everybody's benefit. Um, I would love to switch gears now for a moment. If you'll, if you'll go with me on this journey, we, um, we actually host a whole video series with the MBA program about how to, about how people get careers in various industries. So we love to hear about how folks built their careers as well. So, um, you have a, a pretty interesting career as well. You've been with Fast Company for 18 years, but you got a law degree and then you spent some time in retail. So I'd love to have you tell us um, a little <laughs> bit about kind of your career path and what led you to publishing and and um, and prepared you for your current role. Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, yeah, I, I was, um, yes, someone who by dent of, uh, you know, neither my parents had uh, graduated college, so, Growing up, I, I was, um, you know, definitely had it, um, uh, you know, sort of drummed into me that, you know, it was very important not only to get an education, but, uh, you know, to uh, pursue a profession. And I think because, um, you know, I had a big mouth and was somewhat <laughs> argumentative, uh, people just started saying to me that I should be a lawyer by the time I was about age five. And so um, just thought that was going to be <laughs> what I did. And, and I, I, um, you know, in hindsight, I, I definitely um, sort of steamrolled uh, any number of uh, red flags and that would have indicated that that maybe I didn't really want to be a lawyer. Um, and, you know, I'd always been interested in um, in journalism and, you know, was sort of the stereotypical, you know, editor of the high school paper and all that, but, you know, did not, um, you know, have the courage, if you will, to uh, pursue it, you know, as a career. Um, and yeah, basically, I went to law school, and I graduated law school, and I was miserable for most of my time in law school. Um, and yeah, sort of coming out, right, I, I did, yes, I 
I worked at Marshall's department store for six months. It wasn't really, uh, you know, my joke was that I was an associate, just not the kind of associate I, I thought I would be when I graduated law school. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that was just, I was just sort of a Gen X uh, cliche of uh, being uh, overeducated and underemployed. Um, and then, um, yeah, just sort of kind of tried to, then I extended my Gen X cliche by moving home with my parents uh, at 25 and trying to figure out what I was going to do with myself. And yeah, and just, you know, sort of kind of identified the things that I actually did like. And, and so, yeah, in that sense, you know, I am uh, someone who, you know, ultimately, uh, yeah, was able to find an opportunity, um, you know, which was certainly scary at the time, you know, given that I graduated law school and I had, you know, significant uh, student debt um, to take an entry-level job in, in journalism. But, um, you know, was like, well, let's just sort of see what happens for, you know, a year. And, um, you know, and, and I can always, you know, sort of reassess after that. And I really uh, liked it. My first job was at a computer magazine, um, uh, which still exists as a digital title, a PC magazine. And yeah, I was lucky enough to just, I wasn't really a computer person, but I just found myself really interested. And it was uh, also the early days of the internet. And so uh, I found that fascinating and was able to cover that and over time, I, I just got more and more interested in uh, the business side of it. And so I decided that I wanted to start uh, trying to cover business. And I was able to move over to um, a small business magazine uh, called Fortune Small Business at the time, and then, which is offshoot of Fortune, the business magazine. And then, yeah, then I was lucky enough to um, get a job at, at Best Company. So, I, you know, I think I'd always just sort of gravitated to, it's like, how do I, you know, I like these stories of business and technology, um, you know, and just looking for more and more um, mainstream, uh, you know, sort of venues in which to you know, pursue those uh, story ideas. And so, yeah, so I ended up at, at Fast Company and yeah, I've been just really lucky. I mean, it's, it, you know, what's fun is that, uh, you know, like you're, just, you know, as per, you know, what we've been talking about, like, you know, you're learning about things, you know, before a lot of other people, and that's just really fun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I definitely, um, you know, enjoy that, uh, you know, a lot, uh, you know, the opportunity to, uh, you know, sort of really sort of try to see where things are going. And, you know, definitely, you know, get excited by that, you know, get excited by telling, you know, the stories of, you know, the, the people in the companies that, you know, are, are pursuing those. So, uh, yeah, I've been incredibly lucky, uh, you know, to ultimately be able to do, um, you know, what I like. And um, yeah, I, I certainly don't take it for granted. And certainly beats, uh, you know, um, whatever kind of uh, mediocre lawyer I would have been. So super interesting to hear. Thank you for for going through that with us. And I know your journey resonates with a lot of folks. It's actually, um, you may or may not know this in my role, I'm both director of enrollment and marketing. So I do a lot of our admissions management in our mm -hmm. program. And this is a conversation we have with a lot of folks who really want to get into the field of sustainability. They're like, how do I get a job in sustainability? What is a job in sustainability? And we really encourage folks consistently to lean into exactly what you said. Maybe those red flags when you're six or eight, that maybe being a lawyer isn't the well, right thing that you the need red to flags are more, you know, <laughs> yeah, a little 18 older. and 21, yeah. and, you know, whatever, but yes. But leading into what your strengths are, and I think if any, if there's any takeaway from the, the conversation you had there is that you can use the strengths you have to build the career you want in the industry you'd like to be in. So there's room in sustainability, for example, for folks from all different academic and professional disciplines to really drive impact. And I think that the list um, 
of your world changing ideas also demonstrates that because it's so broad um, and deep in terms of, of who can create impact. So with that, I think our last question is just, do you have any other thoughts that you'd like to share with the listeners today? Oh, uh, uh, no, uh, thank you. Um, yeah, just, you know, please go, you know, my colleagues um, go do several amazing um, stories every day, um, you know, on these topics. And, you know, this is something that, um, you know, we are, um, you know, very focused on, um, you know, not just, um, you know, I mean, yeah, across, you know, obviously environmental, um, you know, and, and climate related issues. But yeah, as you were saying, um, you know, there are just a, a lot of uh, social justice, um, you know, issues as well. And, and there's, you know, a wide variety of, of things that, um, you know, we're, we're covering, you know, every day that I think would be relevant to, um, you know, to your audience and, and to folks, um, you know, in the program there at Bard. And so, uh, so, yeah, so I hope you check it out. Excellent. Well, thank you again for your time today, David. Just really enjoyed getting to hear a little bit behind the scenes about how the list was made. So thank you. We appreciate our loyal Impact Report listeners and hope you can help us spread the word about the series and the important sustainability work of our guests. Please rate and review the Impact Report wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you were inspired by this conversation, share a screenshot on Instagram and tag Impact Report Podcast. For the full list of Fast Company's 2022 world-changing ideas, visit fastcompany.com slash world dash changing dash ideas slash list. And be sure to head to greenbiz.com or impactentrepreneur.com to read a recap of our conversation. Join us for the next episode of the Impact Report on Friday, May 20th. We'll be speaking with career strategist and coach Lauren Goldberg. Interested in learning how you can launch a high-impact, purpose-driven career in sustainability? Check out the resources page from the Bard Graduate Programs in Sustainability for access to free resources to jumpstart your career. Hear from leaders in the fields of climate change, consulting, impact finance, circular economy, and more about how they launch their careers and the tips they have for you to join their industries. Visit gps.bard.edu resources today.